Hey there, uglies. I'm Keen. And I'm James. And I'm not here to judge your drag. Drag is art and art is subjective. I'm just here to judge you, bitch. As you might have guessed, we will be talking about Dragula today. We are assisted that pod normally about RuPaul's Drag Race, but we're going to dip into a fellow drag reality competition show, of which there aren't too many, so we're kind of staying on brand. If you've never watched Dragula, well, first of all, season three is available on Amazon Prime in Ireland or the UK, if you're listening to us from either of those countries. It's definitely worth watching if you are a fan of Drag Race and a fan of drag. I would describe it as... What Drag Race is to popular culture, Dragula is to like subcultures like heavy metal, Dungeons and Dragons, um, horror movies, all that sort of stuff. All those sort of like cultures that you're kind of aware of on the periphery. It kind of celebrates that. Yeah, I'd 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 second that. Uh, I I think as well that it is probably potentially on the same trajectory as um as Drag Race, and that it's sort of started a bit more rough and ready and is it was a bit is a bit more groundbreaking it's now three seasons in it's finding its stride it's kind of it's becoming a bit slicker of an organization and i suppose that's the same thing that happened with drag race at around season three you start seeing that kind of um the wheels of motion but i think what's interesting about it is that it it sort of takes it it's such a variety of styles it's not it's not in in drag race there's the the glamazon or the that glamorous kind of like traditional idea of what a drag queen is and that's what celebrated wearing this it's like all comers bring your own art and we'll just see if you can apply it to the the competition we present in front of you which i think makes it quite different yeah definitely there isn't like oh you know the, the, if you look at the queens of one drag race there's certainly diversity there but to do well there is a certain aesthetic that they want you to at least have at least once or twice during your runways i suppose a uh, similarity like the shows have a lot of similarities and I know the Boulay brothers do try to step away from being compared to Drag Race. Like um, I recently heard them in an interview being like on other reality TV shows referring directly to Drag Race. So I was like, <laughs> come on. Like, but yeah, so their version of the runway is called the floor show. You don't have quirky puns and funny one-liners. There's quite intense sort of drum and bass music over it and the editing is really strong. Like it's mm. not for the faint-hearted. Lots of sort of flashing imagery, and it, it kind of, I think it's necessary because sometimes you see them just kind of walk down this the runway from a wide shot, and it doesn't look half yeah. as impressive as it does when it's really zoomed up. Yeah, I, I what I like about what I really enjoyed about it is the. Um, I suppose in Drag Race, there's an awful lot of constructed elements to it. There's, you know, your little mini challenges. There's the, like, little, the, the, the product placements. There's the kind of, I, you can almost, you can almost sort of, the, the, the episodes are sort of built for you. Whereas with Dragula, there is, they're in the boudoir, they're talking. That, that takes over kind of half the show. Then the floor show and the, um, the floor show and the judging takes over the other half. And it does no... It's, I suppose you're just you're with the queens and you're you're with the the performers for the entire for the entirety of the show. It doesn't feel like there's any sort of I, I don't know. It it feels much less produced in that way and much more authentic than than Drag Race does, uh, which is something I really enjoyed about it. And you get to know the performers much better than you would do, I'd say, the Drag Race queens because you're getting probably solid. So uh, to probably make a say what I'm trying to say more clearly. In that Drag Race, a lot of the conversations you see, it's snippet, snippet, snippet. Whereas with this, it's they, 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 they show chunks of conversations and conversations that multiple people are involved in rather than kind of a, a, like a 
10 second snippet of these two people talking then go to this people and it's all kind of like one person which i think makes it feel more authentic to me which i really enjoyed about it as well yeah it does it lets it breathe a bit and i suppose kind of ties back to what we were saying i think with connor Bean when he was on the show that like they're not really ramping up to those emotional moments very well whereas in in dracula you have a lot of time you see for example dahlia and madeline have a sort of Bickers too light of a word, but they have like they air some of their mm-hmm. grievances of the past, and it's kind of like your the ganja adore moment where they sit down and you have a good idea what's behind the scenes there because you have a lot of time to get to know them. Yeah, absolutely. In another similarity, if charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent is what Drag Race is all about, then drag, filth, horror, and glamour is what dra- uh, Dragula is all about. <laughs> And you, they're like the, the four keystones of the show. And once you sort of fit all of them, you're an eligible contestant. They don't spell anything, though. It doesn't. And that's a missed trick. Yeah, it really is. They needed something in there starting with a vowel. Although, it yeah. does something start... No, it, nothing starts with a vowel. I'm okay. Yeah. I, I'm sure we get the thesaurus out, we could come up with some good pun. But then again, that'll be very drag race of us. So maybe we should move yeah. up from that. And then... So obviously there's a winner of the week and then the two or three queens or, you know, three contestants um, had to do an extermination. Now, I must say of the format, this bit is the bit that doesn't sit, doesn't fit for me. Yeah. So the exterminations can be like a skydive or get a tattoo that somebody else chooses. And then some of them are like, Stick staples in yourself. Stick needles in yourself. It turns into fear factor. And you're like, I'm here to judge fine art. I don't want to see somebody torture themselves. No, it is. It, yeah, no, I do. I, I don't know. Like that, that bit sort of sticks out bizarrely with me. Because it's sort of... Um, artists, we're not here to judge your, your, your drag. Drag is art. We're here to electrocute you, throw you out of an airplane, <laughs> staple things into you, tattoo stuff on you you don't want to do, make you eat entrails. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's such a weird like it's it it goes yeah it's from something that's so sort of high concept and really kind of like about understanding and like bringing in because like such a diverse range of of performers and really celebrating drag and all of its facets. Then it goes very I'm a celebrity get me out of here with the uh, <laughs> with mm, the exterminations. <laughs> and I mean, if you are like a really easily frightened person this wouldn't be for you. But like, if you can sit through a horror movie, you'll be fine. Yeah. And I think that one thing worth mentioning as well, which I, I enjoy, but I'm not the, the, I'm bad when it comes to, um, I'm not great when it comes to, to scary stuff. Mm. Uh, so each, the, I suppose each episode is, is sort of, um, surrounded by a, a, a kind of a, a narrative around the Boulay brothers where they'll, they'll have like a, a piece that'll have been shot at the beginning of the episode, which will set it up the theme, which will be sort of a, a horror movie thing, which will usually involve gore and guts and murder. And then at the end, you'll have your extermination where you see the, the queen who has been sent home being murdered. And those things I actually found myself getting frightened of. <laughs> Like I was, I was watching it here in the house on my own one of the evenings, and I was like, oh, "Are the boulets going to get me?" But I suppose horror is so object, uh, objective. I suppose we haven't said the Boulet brothers are like the RuPaul. They're the, the two the two queens who run the show. Um, they're the, they're the whole brand basically. Um, but I suppose it just depends on the horror that you're frightened by. Like I don't think it's very psychological. It's all like physical, visceral gore. That's you know off putting. Uh, if you're, there's no like jumps, I don't think. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's unique to season three of Dragula, the most recent season, 
is that we have a drag king and we have an AFAB performer. So a performer who's assigned female at birth, Hollow Eve. And it was just so, like as soon as I saw that they were in it, I was just so captivated by them because I'd had years of drag race. And I was like, okay, I know what men can do. I just want to see what women can do. I had no doubt they'd be as good as they were. And like, I was just so intrigued by it. And it does highlight that there's really no need for there not to be women in drag race. And and what was interesting, I suppose, was that with, say, the the two of those, Landon is a drag king, which is a performer who presents as a hyper masculinized version of, of of what a man is in that sort of drag king style whereas Halloween was a drag queen i suppose you might mm. you would fall into that with which would follow a lot of the the similar kind of like makeup patterns that would be used and just to see the like both styles represented so interestingly and so uniquely and it just i i think it added an enormous amount to the show it was exciting to watch and it did actually like it wasn't something that I'd seen before, obviously, and it was something that I, it really spoke to me when I was watching it. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, before we, we t- talk about it anymore, Dahlia Black, one of the final three of season three, will be joining us to chat about what it was sort of like putting the show together. And then after that, we'll be chatting about our favourite bits of the season. Thank you, Dahlia, for jumping on the phone. You're fine. We were in Dragon until probably, I want to say, midnight, one o'clock. And then we really wanted to watch this movie called The Big Wedding on Netflix because it had a really good cast. But yeah, so we were just up really late. And then um, this like Liza something, I can't say her last name on Netflix. She has like a sketch series that she does. And it's just like a bunch of small comedy skits. I was laughing so hard for like three or four episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Okay, well, so you're here to chat about Dragula season three. Was it your first time auditioning? Yes. My first time auditioning, um, my drag mother did the season prior to that. Drag mm-hmm. too. Um, I had, you know, I was I was interested in the first season. I thought it was really cool, really cool concept. I then got more excited about it. And then once Victoria got on the season she was on, I was just like in love, you know, and just like completely infatuated with it and was like, this is for me. I will be the next one. I was like, so just like, I just knew that I knew that I knew. So um, <laughs> when I like uh, auditioned for it, I like told everybody, I was like, like not everybody, but like my man and like Victoria, obviously I was like, I just, I think I'm going to get asked to do it. I just really do. And sure enough, it all happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. So it is a, they ask you rather than you apply sort of thing. Oh, is no, it? no, no. You have to apply. You have to send a whole okay. process and then like, they go through and screen all of that and then you know they pick who they want to do it and that did seem to be a narrative throughout your season not really much in the middle but kind of being like in the shadow of your drag mother and are you going to avenge her her loss (gasps) was that something that was kind of in the post-production that came across like that or did you sort of feel like that throughout the show sometimes i think um things that are just like you know like we say things as like yeah. They're, they're, they're jokes there's some truth to jokes always you know but it's it's mm. like you're not taking it that serious you're more so just like trying to have this like camaraderie and like for me it was more so just trying to represent my family they're important mm-hmm. and um so i just for me going on the show it was like oh i'm bitch i'm all win because i'm gonna you know save you know save it yeah for me. Like, you know it, to me i thought it was just um funny and something that people could connect with wanting to you know like avenge their like mother who <laughs> was like so good and like almost had it you know and so it, i i think um 
I think I walked into a room where I was the oddball out and a lot of people when I started like bringing up my family were just kind of like, (laughs) it gave them something to complain about. (laughs) It's such an unusual show in that the, um, I suppose the, the critiques and the, the, the your engagement with the Boulet brothers on stage is sort of so heartfelt and they give such genuine critique and they, they really seem to care so passionately about everyone doing their absolute best and like being there, like presenting their best art. And then it's wrapped up in this sort of real macabre showcase where like you've got like the little, little beginning pieces with the kind of murderous uh, kind of like setups and then the big like exterminations at the end. Um, I just, how, how was it actually working with them? Do they care as passionately as they appear to uh, when you're actually working with them up close? Um, if you can get them alone with you, it is one of the best conversations you'll have. <laughs> You're very busy. Um, and obviously, um, they don't, uh, they want to have a relationship, but it's more so like during the competition, it's very much like, hey, we're the host. We're also judging it. Love you guys. Do your best. But like, we're not going to, they're, they're not going to sit there and like give you, yeah. you know, like, hey, do this and you'll win. You know what I mean? Or like, <laughs> you know, we really love you. You know, like it's, it's not like that. Um, I met them, an example for you. I met them, um, you know, beforehand because of Victoria, very friendly, very friendly, always responded to messages, super, super sweet, like very warm and personable, like fucking love them. Yeah. And, but whenever the audition process opened, I didn't hear a thing from them. Like, <laughs> like ghosted, like no life, <laughs> like no heart, no nothing, no, no nothing, like at all. And so if I, if I, if I like could see that they watched one of my stories, cause you know, I was checking that shit cause I was like, so yeah. prepared, so I didn't like wanted to get on and I'd be like, oh, okay, well at least they watched my story, you know, <laughs> like that. But it, it's, it, whenever it comes to the competition stuff, it's very like, and dry but whenever that's over with it's very like you know we're we're friends we're peers we work in the same thing if you need help let me know if you need advice let me know so and have you stayed in contact with them yeah um they've been kind of busy with this quarantine stuff going on but um i think i I talked to them like a month ago Mm. it's i don't i don't i don't bother them yeah (laughs) i have something going on you know um I think uh, yeah, we sure. were we texted before the quarantine. Swan and I did about uh, look I I was doing. Oh no, she messaged me about Beatrix Kiddo. I did uh, for my man and I's anniversary, uh, <laughs> anniversary on uh, March third. We did a Quentin Tarantino themed party, and this was like oh nice. Our quarantine like shit went crazy, and um, so I did Beatrix Kiddo, and Swan was like, I love this Beatrix Kiddo. <laughs> 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 like, you were lucky on your season that I think you managed to avoid most of the nasty exterminations. Um, do you have to sign some sort of waiver or something? Because, like, that's bad shit. I'm such a wuss. Oh, yeah, um, no, I'm such a wuss as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I will say that um, everything is thoroughly handled. That's, that's probably the, that, that's the safest answer I can get. Everything is, <laughs> so, you know, no, they don't, everything's very like, it looks incredibly extreme and it is incredibly extreme, but obviously they're not going to literally let us die. <laughs> like, yeah, of course. No, they're not going to like literally let us die. So. And because the, the cow, the cow cadaver, like and they had to eat the part. They had to remove the parts. No, they didn't eat them. They had to remove them. I was watching it going, 
surely that can't be actual parts. Like maybe that's, is that like, you know, a kidney being mushed oh, together and painted? Okay. Which part are you talking about? When they had to take the stuff out of the, like the electric? Oh, the, the eating the parts, eating all oh, the... No, so- Oh yeah, so I know. Maybe I'm getting confused. They had to eat cow entrails, was it? And then they took the parts out of the cadaver. Yeah. Oh, it was like the lion art thing with the electricity. Where oh, they the have electric- to like take. Oh it. no, real electricity, one hundred percent. And then yeah. they had to eat all of the stuff that was not beans. That was literally it was fucking like raw, <laughs> disgusting. It was one hundred percent disgusting. I wasn't. I, I wasn't in there, and I didn't get to watch it happen. Um, so I. When y'all saw it, that's when I saw it. And I <laughs> I was I was literally gagging in the back, could not contain how much I would have thrown up. I had a plan if I had to do it. Like if I had to eat something gross, it was just to like projectile vomit on them, start licking the vomit off of them and apologizing <laughs> and then eat my <laughs> So it sounds like you were kind of prepared for for anything. Was there any of the exterminations that you wouldn't have wanted to do? Honestly. No, the only one that I freaked out about was the first episode, and it wasn't like an actual extermination, but when they had Landon eat the chalice of spiders, I um I hate spiders. I hate spiders. And um I I had a re I hate spiders and I hate bees more than I hate spiders. So like insects that bite or sting, it's just like those things, they they make me like, ooh, I hate that. So I probably would have um I would have done it, but I just don't know. I don't know until I'm in that situation how it would have went down. You see, you should move to Ireland because because of Ireland's climate and because we're a little island, we grow up with literally nothing on the island that can kill us. <laughs> we get maybe an old wasp and a rat and that's about it. We go to other countries <laughs> and we see like possums and massive beetles in France and we freak the shit out. Yeah. No, yeah, I need to go there because like... I- I hate it. Sometimes going out and <laughs> there's too much shit creepy crawling in the backyard. I don't like it. Yeah. I noticed the storyline for you during your season is kind of conflict with Madeline. How are you used to now? No, we're good. I just talked to her like two days ago. And obviously we perform in the online uh, Instagram live show, Banshee, every Tuesday. It's on her uh, page usually. So mm-hmm. we do that. Like we're really close. I love Mad. I uh, faced, you know, I faced her yesterday and uh, she was getting stuff ready for her. Um, PEG thing that she was doing and it was super cute and yeah I talked to her regularly cool would you be in contact with most of your fellow castmates or just like the ones you kind of knew before talked to Eva and Madeline the most um when we were when we were filming we had like our own little private mantra for the three of us and we were Mavalia we just like constantly like had our little mantra together and we just looked out for each other as best as we could because we were close so I really I talked to all of them regularly and um I know this always surprises people, but um, Paulo and I talk regularly. So um, she's one who has kept up with me like tremendously and checks on me all the time. And I check on her and she's really sweet. So yeah, those are the, those are like, and Lou, I talk to Lou a lot too. For season three, they started this, the mantra every week where they'd say, you know, we're not critiquing your drag. We're just critiquing how your drag fits into the sort of aesthetic of the show. Does that actually help? I don't get offended by like most critiques. Um, I I was okay, I think, all up until Halloween episode, and then that day was just like a shit show for me in general. Just like emotionally, it was just not. I was like so close to the end, and I was just like, just like, just get me to the end, please. Just like get me to the end, so I can just like get this shit over with. Like I want to just do this. 
And, um, and everything was just, I had so much, um, you know, it's like that, like top four was like a big deal. Right. So it's like, I had this whole moment where I had this whole crazy idea in my head of what I wanted to do. And then it just, I kept changing my mind. And then when it came time to do it, it was like the bare minimum of all my mm-hmm. ideas together. Yeah. I was just kind of like, okay, well, this is what Yeah, because you had the, like, you had really good facial transformations, like the the, the litter rash, I always thought was really, really oh, that strong. was a, That was spectacular. That was, that was the most <laughs> <Yeah>. spectacular. <laughs> Thank you. I really want to redo that one. I have the prosthetic pulled out of the box. I just put all my drag stuff up, finally. So, but I really want to redo that one uh, soon. And I want to like do like a whole like photograph with it and like do prints with it. I think it'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your favorite part of, of the season when you were filming it? No one has asked me that question. Um, I would have to say finale day when we filmed our final floor shows. It was just a really, um, everyone was just so happy and was, I, we were all really competitive, I think. And then when it came time for finale, it's like the only time we were competitive was when we were alone on that stage doing our floor show. But like when we were all like getting ready and stuff, it just, there was so much love in the room. I like, I helped Landon paint the back of his head for his Tin Man. And, you know, Priscilla asked some questions about our prosthetic. And like, it's just like, we, we, we tried to like still look out for each other, you know? And um, so it was nice, you know, it was just a really chill day. There wasn't a lot of people around. It was just us. And we just got to just relax and talk and do our floor shows. The things that we were like the most excited about getting to yeah. do. You know? uh, what would you like to see more of in season four? Uh, more people with vaginas. I have to say that was a like hollow and Landon straight off the bat were just so intriguing to me for just the novelty of them not having a penis. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I want more trans women. Um, I would love to see trans sure. women on the show. Um, I, I know a lot of trans performers. Um, my drag son is trans. So it's like, I want to see more representation yeah. for trans community on the show. Um, and there's just so many um, AFAB individuals. I just like to say people with vaginas who just like, they're, they're such great entertainers. They're just so, mm. they're so fucking awesome. And they have so much to show and they have a story that needs to be told that people haven't heard because yeah. they don't get the mainstream platform that, you know, cis people get or dudes get, you know? And I saw something today that was just like RuPaul has kind of put into a box what drag is and trans women were the originators of drag and trans men mm. were. And so it's just like, you can't take something from a community and exclude them and make it all about cis men because it's not... And so I want to see more queer people on the show. Especially since Rue was saying he wouldn't let, uh, you know, a transitioned woman on the show, considering they were, you know, the founders of, of the art form is, yeah, definitely poor. Um, I am not a RuPaul fan. Um, if you ever go through my Twitter, <laughs> the opportunity, I'm in the opportunity now. RuPaul is a fracking transphobe, should not be supported. And he yeah. is going to take a lot away from our community by choosing what he gets to put into the mainstream. And I think it's a very dangerous game that he's playing. And I think it's really unfair to our community. Yeah. I, I do feel like, um, and this is this could just be a sense of as someone who's been, a, I've been with Drag Race from very early on, and now I'm getting a bit fatigued with it. So something like Dragula coming along and it is presenting these new and different things to what I was seeing. And it's so exciting. And like Keen was saying with both Hollow and Landon, they just presented something so different and were electric to look and electric to watch. And it really just, it just as an example of how 
anyone can be an entertainer. Anyone can paint themselves and be an entertainer. All they need to be, it doesn't matter what they have hanging between their legs, as long as they are fucking fierce and they are able to just turn it out. And, and I think it really just sticks it to the drag race community a bit of just like a challenge, like let, let these people in and open the doors to them. And it would be great to see, because I think it could revitalize the show if they were to actually open it up a bit more. Because um, I was going to ask you, would you consider applying for Drag Race? But I assume that's a no. <laughs> um, I was asked to. Um, whenever the year I applied for Dragula, I was asked to apply for Drag Race. And it was a big fuck no. I was like, absolutely not. I have no, <laughs> desire. I have no desire to waste my time. Well, this is the thing. They put someone like me on that show to get them as an early out, talk about how I'm missing the mark for minor technicalities. And they, it's the way they treat alternative queens. You know, um, I've seen, you know, like Layla McQueen is unstoppable, but the way that she was put through that show, I was, I was like, no, you know, this, this girl is so talented now. Yeah. And even with like them reading Crystal Method for her makeup. And I'm like, absolutely not. Like that's her, that's her branding. Why aren't you, Talking about yeah. her, talking about her ambiance, the presence, her acting. Like, why do you have to make it about this thing when the like Aquaria has the same makeup and wore the same makeup every single fucking week? You know what I mean? Like, they all they all keep the same silhouette and shit. So it's just like I don't understand. Katya just wore lip gloss and mascara. It's like how can you sit there and tell this girl who has a really creative makeup that it's too, it's too you know like it needs to change or it's too like yeah. I just I, I I think it's stupid. I will never care about a straight person's opinion about a queer subject ever i will never care i'll listen to it like i'll hear your opinion and i'll probably like yeah but at the end of the day i'm not gonna it's not gonna i'm not letting it like actually hold ground in my life yeah like you're not a part of this community you don't get to have a say on the community Mm -hmm. or my art as a queer person in this community on the topic of sort of um your queer culture and straight people i saw a headline um from the guardian over in the uk and it was i saw someone had retweeted it and they were like i always get confused when straight people use queer terminology and it had said nhs workers are gagged about the number of people who have coronavirus <laughs> and what they meant was like they weren't allowed to talk about it but it just looked like they were like so happy by how many people have coronavirus <laughs> Um, so what's coming up for Sedalia Black in 2020 once all this quarantine goes away? Um, well, I have plans to do some more online shows in the meantime. Um, but after that, uh, it's just doing gigs, making more art, uh, getting to travel, meet people. It's like what I love doing. And that was the thing I was most excited about after the show was getting to go and meet the people who were in love with the show. And people who weren't in love with the show and then they meet someone from the show and all of a sudden they're like wow this is like a really cool thing maybe i should like watch it and get into it and so you know being i guess being able to be an ambassador for the Dracula brand and get into mm. Apple and you know spread the message of you know filth horror and glamour but also inclusivity is just like it's, it's a blessing it's a blessing i get to do this at 24 i get to travel and i get to go to places that like my mom hasn't been to and she's in her 60s you know yeah. it's just mm. it's a really great experience it's helped me pay my bills um i'm not i'm not loaded i'm not rich um so anyone who's watching who thinks you get on tv and you're <laughs> rich, i promise you you are not <laughs> you, you have a lot of debt left over you have to pay off and then you have to have figure out how to make money in the meantime to pay your bills so 
I, I hustle and just travel, but it's fun. I'm happy. Mm -hmm. I wasn't on the uh, European tour and the US tour was canceled. So I didn't get to tour with the Dragula girls. Oh, that's a shame. No, I was the only one from top three who didn't get to go to Europe. But oh. <laughs> I heard it was really cold over there, though, when they it went. Was. And so yes. I, I can't complain because my man and I got to go on the uh, that big circuit cruise, the big gay cruise for Atlantis. We got to go perform on that for a week and we got paid to go on the ship and they gave us like a double room with a balcony facing the ocean. So like <laughs> I ended up getting paid, I think I think close to the same as them. And I got to go and sit on holiday and like hang out with a bunch of gays and <laughs> just as I was about to feel sorry for you. Just so I know, I know, right? Were you like a little bit tiny bit disappointed that you didn't get to film a massive, you know, murderous extermination video? Um, I had this <laughs> answer is yes. <laughs> I had I had ideas. So I had a reoccurring dream that the boules uh, tortured me with bees. Oh, <laughs> so obviously, like that would have been just insane to watch. But I personally kept trying to bribe them to do an ASMR death where I was hosting a show. <laughs> <laughs> doing ASMR and I'm like clacking my nails and like have objects and then they come up behind me with the microphone cord and start strangling me with it and then I'm like dying in ASMR I'm like <laughs> <laughs> that would have been brilliant <laughs> do you have a are more of the black family going to be joined is this going to be like a black family legacy of the show I mean I don't know it's not my show so I don't get to decide those things but um you know, I, I know that Waka loves the show, loves what it supports, and has full intentions of, like, wanting to pursue it if they open up auditions again. And, um, you know, same thing with Opulence. I know that, like, she loves that, too. And my kids, um, Waka and I's kids, Annie and Dragody, they both, they just want the opportunity to get to showcase their art. You know, for them, um, for, like, my kids specifically, they they don't care if they win. My kids are like, oh, if we got on, we don't care if we win. Like, we just want to be able to have the opportunity to, like, get to go there and meet people and like perform on like that stage and get to like do all of that. Like we just want to be able to like have that experience. And I'm like, okay, like you say that now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're there. <laughs> yeah. So I was supposed to be going over to Orlando in July, but I'm not sure if that's going to be the case anymore. But if I do go or if I reschedule and come back, where should I go for good drag? Southern Nights Orlando right now is kind of like the place in Orlando to go for for drag um they have they're adding more nights but as of right now on tuesdays we have our black house creature feature show which is in the theater and it is a co-op party with twisted tuesdays so the whole club is filled there's djs outside inside there's dancing there's a talent show it's a bunch of new drag i mean it's it's very diverse there's a lot of type of people who go so it's a really fun night uh their thursdays is like a college party you can go to that it's all college students it's really crazy um, if you're wanting to cruise, go on a Friday night because it's just when all the gays go and it's just wild. I'll be, I'll be there with my boyfriend's family, so I probably shouldn't go. Okay, go. <laughs> then, um, let's see, Saturdays is their lesbian party. It's just wild and fun. And um, I love, I love lesbians. So um, it's like, a, it's a really kick-ass party. And then um, mm. 
yeah, right now I think they're closed on Sundays. But yeah, those are like their main parties that are just like always going, always busy, always fun. Do you have plans to tour? And will you be back? Will you make up for the missed tour in Europe? Do you do you feel in the in the next year or two? My wanting to do it is not what's lacking. Um, <laughs> getting it's getting promoters, you know, to reach out to management and making sure, you know, I have to look out for myself financially. I have a lot of responsibilities, you know, and I don't want to put any financial pressure on my partner either. So it's like it has to. It has, it has to, to make sense, you know. And so it's like it's really hard because the flights are really expensive. To go from Orlando over there, it's like a couple grand usually. If promoters reach out, it makes it a lot easier because it's just all business. I think I think we had Bitch Puddin for the last Heels of Hell tour. There's an epic Halloween tour around the UK called Heels of Hell. The universe has this um, really great way of always taking care of me. And I might not have a lot of extra, but I'm always taken care of. And so I, I just take it as it comes, you know. There we go. That was Dahlia Black. She was so nice to chat to, and she was so lovely, so really lovely, patient with us. Like, listener, you didn't understand the kerfuffle we had with Google Hangout. It wasn't adding James. It wasn't adding her. I'd say it took us twenty minutes to get the phone call with all the three of us, and then I lost my SD card. It was just, it was a disaster. <laughs> and Dahlia saved the day. Thanks no, she was, she her. was fantastic. And yeah, as you're saying, we were having an absolute uh, nightmare trying to get connected and get it, and it was like. So patient and so lovely. <laughs> so what were your favourite sort of parts of season three of Drive? So the bit that I remember the most, that like is sticking out to me that I just really enjoyed was kind of the bit of, as you mentioned already, the Brulé brothers have kind of distanced themselves from the drag race, um, from the drag race brand. And they have these little setups at the beginning of each episode. And at the beginning of the, um, at the beginning of the Halloween episode, the the little setup they had I just thought was hilarious because it was this sort of very kind of we'll say Ariel Versace style or Ariel Ariel Versace style kind of drag queen massive hair pink dress walking with a little like pale thing going on the phone to someone it's like yes god and then goes up to the Boulay brothers door and literally the door opens stabbed in the face dead and I was just like that's hilarious also during the um the electricity um I won't say who this was but during the electricity extermination one of the, the the queens who's being exterminated is obviously after being electrocuted about 700 times and it's like can i not just lip sync for my life yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah in hindsight you're like oh that is such a easier thing to achieve there's one there's a, one of the contestants who's a fan of berets and they're like a bit of a trouble starter and I'm, I'm very keeping this on on RuPaul brand by like all my things are shading RuPaul. But um, one of the, they're like bitching and moaning about someone. Uh, this is Yoshka, And one of the other contestants just turns around and says, shut up, chubby Valentina. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, yes, yes. I, I think that like the interactions between the queens feel very authentic. And that was my favorite thing. The little in the boudoir where they're talking and where they're kind of, resolving the issues and that like that that was my favorite because it felt so real one bugbear i have with the show is and again it relates to the exterminations like we're led to believe in drag race that the lip sync for your life is judged you know irregardless of what that queen has done before it you know like the queen could have won seven challenges back to back and they do a shit lip sync and they're gone home i don't actually think that's the case but most of the time i think you know the worst lip syncer goes home in the show though I'm not convinced that the worst 
person who like the worst performance in the extermination goes home i kind of feel it's like whoever does the worst in the challenge and once you do a decent job at the extermination then it's the worst person in the challenge who goes home because i think like in the episode the hollow eve goes home i think she did quite well in her extermination but they were like ah we didn't like your looks you're going home so i feel that i just feel that sort of inconsistency with that but yeah, I'd say I didn't really enjoy some of the exterminations because I'm a wuss. Um, like the easiest one for me would have been to plead on stage. I was like, I'll happily. Do oh that. yeah, completely. Yeah. They're kind of like, yeah, or let me redo people. I'm, I'm like, I can do that. That's no problem. <laughs> that was a weird. Like some of them, it's you're led to believe it's like a mental thing where it's kind of like you have to like beg, and people are like, I don't want to beg. I'm not going to beg because it's not, it's 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 below me to do that. And you're like, oh please, would you prefer to be shoving staples into yourself? <laughs> <laughs> and actually the begging one was when madeline had her meltdown that's true that that's a good moment the meltdown it, it's just so dramatic and she's so high-pitched and shrill like and, and irate yeah. Um, yeah i think my favorite looks for the season were landon's like mexican vampire i just thought that was so well thought out and like i could yeah. just picture that character in a video game and then my other one would be Ava Destruction's uh, Razor. I mean, because Eva Destruction is an absolute fucking ride, seeing any amount of skin was always going to be one of my favorites. But no, I think the um the like the Priscilla Chambers kind of trash queen was one of my favorite. I just thought it was it was it was beautiful. Um and I did really, really like the the kind of actually that same challenge with the kind of the where Dahlia did the, the rat face uh prosthetic. Like I thought that was just phenomenal. Um I think that I think that they were probably my two favorite looks across the season. I also loved uh, the Tin Man look that Landon did. I thought that was that was brilliant. And with the performance of the like the corpse of um, of uh, of Dorothy in, involved, it was just all it was just so well done. I think Landon everything Landon did was fairly spectacular though. Yeah, and in comparison to Drag Race, like a look would have like several references and would have a story whereas like you can often just get away with drag race with a nice old guna and that's it yeah with a bodysuit <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um so that's definitely a good element i enjoyed the rock and roll challenge i enjoyed the dungeons and dragons challenge that was fun yes well. the, 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 i thought that the dungeons and dragons challenge was so hilariously nerdy because it had all it like it actually had the production values of like a Xena warrior princess. I was like, I'm in, I'm invested here. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Uh, they were my two favorites, I think. And again, I think it was just mostly because it's totally different like than what we normally see. Like we see floor shows, quote unquote, like runways in, in Drag Race. Like the finale where they have to do a costume for filth, horror and glamour is kind of like a ball in Drag Race, I suppose. You know, that wasn't too new. But yeah, having to perform as a rock band was quite an interesting challenge. Yeah, what what I liked around the finale as well, which is quite interesting, I suppose because the finale stage, maybe not the finale, but the top four stage, certainly on Drag Race, there's such a focus on um, kind of pleading your case to Rue and like... To, saying why you deserve to be in the finale. Whereas in Dragula, when they get to the finale episode, there isn't really that. Like you literally, you get the floor show and then it comes back to the Boulay brothers and they, you, you get like a bit of kind of like clipped sounds about kind of like, mm. you, you don't see any sort of, you, you don't see any kind of chat between the judges. It's just literally a case of, we've seen the show, we've picked the winner. I thought that was quite cool as well. Yeah, um, no, definitely. Um, 
Yeah, so obviously, look, we've been comparing the show to Drag Race, uh, mostly because we are a Drag Race podcast. The show is an, is an independent of Drag Race drag show. If you like Drag Race, definitely recommend watching it. I didn't anticipate enjoying it as much as I did, and I've gone back to watch seasons one and two now as well. Um, so yeah, we definitely recommend it on Amazon Prime. Thank you for Dahlia Black for coming on today we'll be back with you on saturday as always don't forget you can find us on instagram and facebook at sissy.pod or you can email us and you can let us know what you think of the show give us some feedback tell us if we're getting it right or wrong sissy.pod at gmail.com and don't forget to play along with our fantasy league um the details for that are in our bio on instagram or you can find links to it variously posted in our instagram or in our facebook yes and you can follow dahlia black at dahlia.black Bye. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.